this is it, ladies and gentlemen. Non-binary. Everyone out there in the outer space of the internet. Inner space of your own minds. This is the grand finale of original characters. And then I'm going to put the music in. So it's going to open with your voice and then the music's going to come in. And then sad violins play, <laughs> like, get steadily louder over the I'll music. See if, <laughs> I'll see if uh, Greg wants to do a minor key version of the theme. Alright, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll jump into the actual podcast now. Oh, okay. I, I, I was going to keep this whole, like... Oh, yeah, fucking put all this into. Because sometimes I show people the process, and that's sure. sort of a funny meta thing. It's like, we're casual enough you can hang out with us. Our art is just like this. That's M-Class is actually that, where we don't edit <laughs> anything, so... <laughs> but if... Yeah, do the, do, the, do the thing, and we'll pretend, and everyone can pretend along with us. Sure, everybody put your pretending hat on. That's what this show is about. Yeah. Welcome everybody to Original Original Characters. You can call me Jeff. And my name's Kevin. And you may have heard from the saddest intro of all time that this is the final episode of Original Characters. We're taking it out behind the shed and then sending it to a farm upstate to live happily. Series finale. As, as Kevin mentioned before we got into this podcast, uh, we both like to put an end to things. We love killing things. It's our favorite. I just yes, well, yeah, we are we are super villain sociopaths, but uh we it's also just kind of nice to be like this is the last thing because that's kind of a genre in itself. Like putting a put it make a final episode I feel like is a genre of of fiction and I feel like this is going to have a weight to it. That you couldn't get if we just kind of trailed off. That's true. And, and left it open. I mean, we still might do an episode if, like, we want to do a reunion tour or something, or <laughs> we just feel like it. We basically did this whole show because we felt like it. Yeah, and... the whole show wasn't supposed to sort of catch on the way it did. I mean, we're not even half as big as our other projects. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere close, but people really dug this concept in a way that... I don't think either of us were really prepared for. I I think when people look back on 2019, it'll be nice. It'd be it'd be nice to think about this as a bright spot for like maybe like three or four people. Sure. <laughs> well, we have like a couple like a couple hundred listeners who really yeah. love this show. Yeah. And there are at least like 20 people who very much love the show enough to write in and I got to I gotta front load this episode by saying thank you to everybody who ever wrote into original characters, whether we got to read your uh, character or not. It's it means a lot to us that you really you put forth that effort to make our show all the better, and you showed that you really cared about it, and we I, definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I can't say that any better than Jeff just did. Like if, that Try was it. the f- that, well, that was the thing that first knocked me on my ass uh, about this show was just the the sheer amount of silliness and creativity that poured in, and uh, it it was it was nice. I felt like I felt like uh, we were part of a little a little uh, you know GeoCities uh, secret <laughs> f- secret forum of of people just making funny shit. So thanks for writing us stuff. It it really it really made me smile. 
That's the best way to think of any <laughs> podcast that any of us are involved with. It's like a GeoCities web ring. Yeah. Um, sites. <laughs> well, it, like, I, I, I mean, back in the day, like, you didn't know how big your little tiny, um, like, scanned in pen and paper webcomic you didn't know what your audience for that was you had like uh, a... excuse me there was a geocities hit counter in the bottom of my page that told me <laughs> that 26 people had been there thank you very much <laughs> yeah uh but it was obviously a lot more than that because your shit rocked oh yeah nothing See? beat whatever the fuck i was doing on geocities probably drawing little mega men little mega man comics it's all been a slow tumble downhill from your high school self. God, wouldn't that be sad? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, and, can kick, I mean, high school me could not grow a mustache, so damn. I could definitely kick high school me's ass. Jesus. Well, he could, it just wouldn't connect. High school me probably couldn't grow facial hair. Like, I don't know. Like, at a certain point, I just shot up like a foot and a half and went through like <laughs> double puberty. So probably after that, I could have. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the shooting up a foot and a half thing. That would that would be pretty cool, but I'll uh, I'll ask I'll ask for that from Puberty Santa next Th- time. Comes thank through. you, Pube Santa, Pubanta. Uh, thank you, Pubanta. That sounds like a Legend of Zelda monster, and that's a Pubanta. great segue. Oh shit! Into the fact that, uh, in case you didn't know, this episode is going to be all about the Legend of Zelda franchise, which I found out through internet research has uh, quite the fan community of fan character creators, and they're a little. I found this with a couple things we've looked into. There's like a little bit of a higher echelon of fan character creators in this fandom than like okay. Sonic fandom. Like yeah. these people are like, here's my character. They're a Zora and they grew up in Zora's domain and they like join the Zora's army. Like the, and they, uh, like it's legitimate storytelling with these characters that they put real effort into. There's almost no cold steel the hedgehogs. <laughs> yeah, in my research I found like not not like boring characters, but characters that just, just sort of fuck fit you in. guys, you dumb characters. <laughs> but like some people's o- OCs are just like a villager who is cute. And I'm like that's great. I'm glad that you have a cute villager. I, it it just it it threw me for a loop because like where we started with Sonic the Hedgehog, everything has to mean so much. And in Zelda, it's like there are three important people, and they show up every game, and everyone else just kind of has to have problems. It's true. Everybody else has to have a problem that does not involve the destruction of Hyrule, right? Because <laughs> Link has got that covered. Link and Zelda got that shit covered. <laughs> And when when it comes to the Sonic fandom, almost all Sonic characters are created to supplant a Sonic character that already exists. Yeah, all of these Zelda characters are kind of like, they have, they're just kind of there in the background, like doing their thing and and being chill. And I like well, there's, there's a level of humor to a lot of people's uh, Legend of Zelda OCs that I really appreciate because... Everyone outside of mo- important characters in Zelda games are like goofy, ridiculous caricatures. And yeah. <laughs> they really pick up on that in the original character community. And they make these characters that have their own little world. Like, say, the um, in Ocarina of Time, there's the mailman that you can yeah. chase around and shit. And he has his own shit going on. 
And that's pretty much, like, I found an original character that was, like, a barkeep. And the barkeep was, like, uh, nipped into his own sauce too much. And everybody waited for it so that he would give away free drinks at the bar at night. I... I like uh, I like seeing that in um, Zelda, like just making it, just putting in something like a bartender, because they had the milk bar in Majora's Mask. Oh yeah, that, the Talon yeah. ran, although That's he was like, called something else. Yeah, so, or some shit. But like, the, like I know Ingo Nintendo, was Gorman, but I don't remember what Talon was. Um, it's been a while. Yes. N sixty four doesn't work anymore. I don't own an N sixty four anymore. I'm the, I'm a fake geek girl, so. <laughs> You can't even Mario Kart it. <laughs> I can Mario Kart on my phone. It's 2020. <laughs> that game fucking sucks, by the way. And I'm addicted to still trying to play it. Because I love Mario Kart, but God, does it suck on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I I will go on record saying most video games suck to play on the phone. Because yeah. the phone is not designed to play video games. The phone on. is not a video game machine. Like, some games work perfectly like downwell works great on a phone like uh fucking tomb of the mask is a great phone game if they would stop flashing advertisements at me every five seconds i think the last phone game i played was cut the rope in 2011 mm, that's a tough one what type of score did you get on that um <laughs> uh, i think i got most of the stars and a lot of the candy <laughs> uh legend of zelda is also a world where a lot of original characters exist because of um, pen and paper tabletop gaming, like RPG games. Yeah. Which I appreciate. the We both appreciate the fuck out of. Like, Kevin runs a fucking podcast and created a book, which you can find out more about at spacekings.space. Space. Yeah. Uh, he, he's dedicated a lot of his life and his, <laughs> his life's work to uh, pen and paper tabletop rpgs and i just like fucking playing them a lot and drawing <laughs> characters from them a lot yeah i like your tweets uh with your with your with your fighter boys because I, I make lots I, of fighter boys i do too. make a lot of fighters i make uh pretty much everyone i make who isn't a fighter is me looking at my list of characters and being like shit i should do something else right <laughs> if i if i make too many fighters sometimes i'll dip into barbarian and make oh a barbarian wow you're time. really stretching out there aren't you <laughs> i just i like I, I like I, I don't like to manage spells like it's too much. I, I like to play an incompetent wizard like I've got an incompetent <laughs> wizard whose name is Kale Kale Kellen and uh, he is both a coward and an idiot and he's just terrible at being a wizard and he's super fun to play. You might like uh, Rune Soldier Louie then which is about a wizard who puts all of his points into strength and he goes around <laughs> punching things. <laughs> Kale is just shitty. Like, he, he's poor, so he tried to go to, like, Mage Academy, the Mage's Academy, and he had to quit. He got kicked out after, like, one semester because he couldn't pay for it anymore. <laughs> so he just knows the basic first semester spells, and he carries a book around that's supposed to teach him how to do all the rest of them. Like, spellcasting for complete idiots or something. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I think, getting going back to Zelda... What? I think one of the reasons This isn't about Zelda. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I think one of the reasons why the OC community like flourishes in this space is because Nintendo is so precious with what Zelda is and it hasn't varied the the formula much since Ocarina of Time. No. 
And there are a lot of people who, um, if I had the reins to a Zelda game, like I'd go nuts, right? I'd do all kinds of cool shit, but like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it here because, but definitely trust me, I've got great ideas. Um, like it's in the future and you play a Zelda and well, that's the thing is everybody's big idea is you play a Zelda and Ganon isn't a bad guy. I mean, yeah, because there's so many ways you can like do the the three the three main characters in uh, Zelda that it's Nintendo a legend. just won't do. They it's just a won't do legend, it. Kevin. You don't you don't go back and change legends. Nah, uh, Nintendo definitely won't change shit, and it does. It no. like the only reason Zelda doesn't get a ton of flag for that is because the games are just really fucking fun and. The formula doesn't hurt you to play or anything, but man, imagine if they did spread their wings and make some OCs. Yeah, I I think about it a lot, and I know why Zelda, the Zelda, you know, Nintendo won't fuck with Zelda too much. Oh, there's a because... fear. There is a deep-seated fear in Nintendo's <laughs> hearts that if they change something, the House of Cards will come tumbling down. Hmm. If they may, if you let you play as Zelda, what the what happens to their giant franchise? Does it be is it destroyed instantly? Maybe I doubt it, Maybe. but they might. They think it might. I bet. I bet we'll see playable Zelda in the next game. I'll, I'm calling it. We I will would, see. I would really Zelda love that. Soon. I would love, I'd love that too. I'd love if the game is like they like work together like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong from Donkey Kong Country. You can just switch places with them. That's what I, they like. They do the high five to switch places. Yeah, to. That's, that's what I was picturing, and then I pictured Dixie Kong playing her electric electric guitar when she finishes the stage. But it's Zelda. I would pay for that. I'd pay. I'd pay top dollar for that. So, so Zelda is a stifling world for creativity. Like uh, creatively, th- most of the ideas of the franchise go into the gameplay itself which is a big nintendo staple right yeah i'd say i'd say uh the zelda universe is very established and uh open to interpretation which are two very good things for people who make ocs exactly and i guess there's a touch of like mystery to what the rest of the world is like when you're not Mm -hmm. battling calamity ganon or what the fuck ever is ganon's new horse shit right (laughs) like what's the world like during those times? Like what other problems could exist in this cool fantasy setting? And there's a little bit of that in Sonic in a weird way. Like if you played Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, uh, there's a hint to a whole world in those games that uh, is faint as fuck. Like you get the whiff of a fart of the rest of the world in those games. And kids really latch onto that, especially because it's a colorful world where it's very easy to design your own Sonic, right? Right. Um, Zelda, I feel, does that to a bit more of a mature audience. Because, like, kids are still drawn... Kids are happy with the way the game is. Kids are happy to play as Link and rescue Zelda and hit Ganon with their big sword. Everybody's cool with that as a kid. But as you get older, you start to want to know more about the world and setting. Yeah. And, like... I, I just want to play as Zelda now. That's all I can think of. That's the only 
thing pulsing through like my fucking lima bean of a brain right now is what if you could be zelda and zelda has magic and then she does magic and then link does sword and then they look at each other and they do cool like shooty fingers at each other (laughs) (laughs) zelda accidentally casts a lightning spell and fucking kills link is that what happens? I think I think the other thing we're really hungry for in Zelda is character dynamics because True. Link doesn't really interact with people. He just no. sort of goes up and blank slates them. One of, one of my absolute favorite like internet memes. Have you heard about these? I've I've uh, not I've not, but I'm going to go with you like I have. <laughs> um is like there's there's a uh, there's text that says uh, every character in the game goes up to Link and starts pouring their heart out at him, and then Link <laughs> and a shot of Jim from the office staring blankly at the screen, <laughs> <laughs> looking I mean, uncomfortable as fuck. <laughs> I mean that's essentially what happens to me whenever I go to a bar. Is someone <laughs> is like, this is definitely a trustworthy person that that I can voiced my life story onto jesus jesus i'll show you sometime it's crazy i could not handle that i'd be like excuse me sir i do not know you what are you doing (laughs) but well i can't i certainly can't say that (laughs) well not in a bar we all know what happens in a bar if you agitate a white guy in it but the the these problems are not really problems but these quirks of the legend of zelda series are what leads people's imaginations to go wild. It's why there's like five different variations on a a tabletop RPG for Zelda. Mm -hmm. Because everybody has their own vision of what the Zelda world is, and Nintendo fosters that by having all these different timelines and every game happening in a different type of setting. It's a a veritable cornucopia (laughs) of you do it. Nintendo's busy. You do it. (laughs) Yeah. It, I mean, I don't. I I was tempted to reveal something about my OC, but I I don't know if we're I don't know if we're there yet. I think I think we could get into our OCs. We can always okay. circle back to any sort of topics we want to talk about. And the way this show seems to work is that your OC goes first. Okay. Um. So if you if you recall, Jeff, uh, our first episode was Kevin, who is... All, my, my OC was Kevin, who is also a I, re- I remember this. I remember I remember the night that you had your inspiration for Kevin, who is also a hedgehog. Yeah. And Which was- the, wiki, the Wikipedia that existed just for the character that you got your inspiration from. <laughs> yeah. In, in many ways, uh, like, we spent, we spent, like, one night... Just hanging out, not recording a podcast, and then we never did that again. No, because we immediately got the idea for this podcast and just yeah. started doing that every time we hung out. Um, but I feel like I had to do a self-insert OC. Uh, <laughs> we both for... circled back to the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I heard you were doing it, so I was like, I gotta do, it. I gotta do it. circle like. I gotta unbreak the circle as well. Like you gotta do the, the end is the beginning is the end. <laughs> um. So my OC's name is Darevan. The oh. mini games go on. <laughs> Darev. <laughs> it really tickled my funny bone for some reason. <laughs> I was looking up. 
I was looking up what Goron names were, and because I ha- I have to be a Goron, right? Of like, course, obviously. I almost They're... made a Zora, and now I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I I love Zoras, but I did do a fish character already. Um, I did several. You can you yeah. can double up. <laughs> um, but I just feel I, spiritually, I feel like uh, I I have a connection to the Goron people, and um, I finally made the connection. That they're based off the Dharma doll, uh, which which I didn't know. Do you, know uh, do you know about this, Jeff? The Dharma doll. Yeah. So there are these there are these paper mache dolls uh, that that are like a little red orb with like a beardy face and two blank white eyes. Uh, and in Japan, when you get one, you uh, you like color in the dot of an eye uh, when. You oh, have the idea. Yeah. Yeah. You color in the dot of the knife for when you have a, a, a dream or an aspiration or something. And then uh, when you've achieved that dream, you color in the other dot. And then at New Year's, you burn them, whether or not you've colored in the eye. Damn, or not. rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's about sort of like setting believable goals uh, and finishing what you start, oh, which good. I feel like that's another great sort of like f- like filters into the meta of our final podcast yeah, and also they eat rocks also Goron's eat rocks. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> that's a cool thing to eat because there are very many of them also how do you make more gorons there don't appear to be any lady gorons whatever let's let's go let's let's skip past that and hear about your OC <laughs> uh Derevit <laughs> <laughs> Durevan is a traveling Goron with a large fluffy beard and big glasses. When first met by Link, he's sulking and gently rolling himself into a tree. <laughs> I just picture you're like walking up a hill and you hear like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and it's just it's just my Goron ass just like whacking his head on a tree. The be- the best part of this is I'm I'm thinking that you're like the tree is on a hill. And you're yeah. rolling down into it, doom, and then yeah. unfurling yourself, <laughs> and then just walking slowly up the hill again. <laughs> uh, it, so I wrote this like a wiki, like a like a game facts slash uh, Zelda wiki entry. Oh my god, that's genius! Uh, so it is revealed that while Derevan was rolling around in his travels, he shattered his glasses and is now functionally blind. <laughs> Uh, if the player agrees to help him, Derevin will give you his glasses prescription. Oh no, a fetch quest! <laughs> uh, Link will later encounter Cytessa, the spectacle smith. Cytessa, <laughs> you should be writing for Zelda. You already got it spot on. Uh, who is nervously fretting over her forge. Cytessa just can't seem to make any glasses while her dungeoneering girlfriend is missing. Later, in the flaming Hot Cheeto dungeon... <laughs> smart. Get that branding yep. in early. Get, smart. Get that, get that brand, dog. This episode, get that money, Link. This episode brought to you by Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> Crunch a bunch. Crunch a bunch of them. Oh, I should have done 3D... Uh, oh, Doritos uh, 3Ds. Fuck. Yeah, but... Bring that shit back. Please. Uh, that was my shit. I used to eat that and drink Pepsi Blue. Who knew that my world would change forever? <laughs> oh, man, I I, drank, I think you can still get Mountain Dew Code Black, but I drank, a, I drank way too much of that shit in college. Mountain Dew Code Black, a.k.a. the shit that spills out of demons when you kill them <laughs> in video games. 
<laughs> it fizzes blue. How does it fizz blue? I don't know, man. It's, it's like witchcraft that we're not ready to understand. The um, witch who ran that part of the Mountain Dew factory quit. That's why they don't make it anymore. <laughs> oh, man. I'm hungry now. I, I was at Flamin' Hot Cheeto Dungeon. That's where I left off. Yeah, the Flamin' Hot Cheetos Dungeon. TM. Yeah, okay. So, in the Flaming Hot Cheeto Dungeon TM, bombing a wall in the Flavor Tornado Room will reveal a smaller room with a hole. <laughs> now, go on, go on. Uh, in this hole is, Sp- is Spelunkerella, Cytessa's girlfriend, who has fallen into the narrow hole and can't get out. Later, in Reverse Shadow Dimension Kakariko Village, during early dusk... <laughs> While the revealing gloves are equipped, Link will be able to feel the presence of Snakelton, the snake charmer. (laughs) Okay, Snakelton is now my favorite character. (laughs) Snakelton is so good. I like that you've made, like, eight characters for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I was like... How much can I? How much can I really write about myself as a Goron that isn't like immediately obvious? And then I was like, <laughs> "Wait, <laughs> trade quest." Oh God! You gotta have at least like I'm predicting there has to be at least one thing in here that has a horrible timer that you have to get to the second. Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> um. Snakelton has an especially long snake named Cassandra that he will loan to Link to use as a rope to get Spelunkarella out of the hole, but he asks for a safety deposit of a thousand rupees. Oh no. Link's wallet can only hold 999 rupees by default. If Link collects 200 orange bean bits from the bean gremlins hidden in the nighttime variants of the Strawberry Universe dungeons... And trades them via link cable sold separately no! to himself. <laughs> then he can buy a medium-sized wallet from the Wallet Fairy for 999 rupees. <laughs> you created the worst fetch quest in history. I know, it involves buying a peripheral just to Jesus. get 100% of the game. It's the Switch link cable. You gotta get <laughs> Even though it has fucking local Wi-Fi, nah, you need the link. You gotta cable. get the link link cable. Is and then it... attach it from one end of the switch back into your switch. <laughs> nah, you gotta have two switches set up with the same account on both. How do you do that? Figure it out, kid. Buy another switch at Sheepstake. What, do you want Ganon to win? <laughs> Ganon will kill your parents if you don't do this. All right. From there, Link merely needs to collect 1,000 rupees, because he already spent his 999. Uh, So (laughs) cold-blooded. Rent the snake from Snakelton. Use Cassandra to rescue Spelunkarella from the pit. Guide Spelunkarella through the Flamin' Hot Cheeto dungeon without (laughs) taking damage and before nighttime starts. (laughs) Reunite Cytessa with her girlfriend. Wait 24 in-game hours for Cytessa to forge the perfect Goron glasses for Derevin, and then give Derevin his new glasses. After that, Link can play minigames for some rupees or whatever. Video games, the end. <laughs> Look, honestly, Derevin could go fuck himself. I'm not doing any of this. Every time you, like, gallop through, like, the overworld, you'll just hear the... Fuck. 
<laughs> and you're like, I gotta do that side quest. I gotta, I gotta go to Walmart and get that cable later. I gotta fucking save Derevin. Maybe I can get a used one <laughs> from Funko Land. <laughs> I'm gonna head down to Fye and get some Pocky and see if I can pick up this switch cable. Holy shit! Gotta go check out Babbage's. <laughs> Dude, there's still some FYEs, right? And every FYE has the black label anime section, quote unquote, that is like obviously like pervert hentai for weirdos. I, I, I'm just hearing about this for the first time from you. Of course, of course. And there's always some guy with glasses and a beard who could be a Goron Uh just hanging around like (laughs) that. Yeah, he's probably got a name like Devin or Evan or something. Devin is back there, <laughs> rolling into a ball and hitting the wall of hentai DVDs over and over again. <laughs> Definitely when you give Devin back his glasses, he, imme- he immediately pulls out a doujinshi or something. <laughs> it's a Legend of Zelda doujinshi, too. How does that work? It's like, uh, isn't that... Okay. <laughs> You know what? That was the perfect ending to original characters. It's too bad there's another hour of this, probably. Woo! <laughs> I feel a sense of peace wash over me as as I as I end this with Derevan. You release Derevan into the world for everyone to enjoy. Because it proves I can make a good boy who is also pretty terrible and no one really has to care about him without a best friend. If you are making a Legend of Zelda fan game right now, please include Derevan in his entire fetch quest. Thank you. And you have to use, like, instead of getting the Game Link cable, because you have to play it on PC, you have to re-download LimeWire and search for a file that'll allow you to Game Link with yourself. More more than likely, it's going to be me making this fan game and not any of our listeners. (laughs) And I'll fucking do it. What you should do is, like, advertise that you're making, like, the Zelda spiritual successor that's going to end all of them. And strategically put up all these screencaps that make it look like it's this giant, long, amazing, epic Zelda game. But it is only that fetch quest and nothing else. Like, I kind of have to do it because, let's be honest, Saitessa is best girl. And I I can't leave her only in my dreams. No, Saitessa has to find her girlfriend. Or else, how are any of us going to sleep at night? It it, it, it would be awful. I have to meet Snakelton. I have to meet Snakelton once in my life. (laughs) Snakelton, I... I like that, like, Snickleton might not even ever be seen, because he's only, he's, you're only able to, quote, feel the presence of Snickleton. <laughs> My favorite thing about Snickleton is all the other characters are Saitessa and Spelunkarina or whatever. And Spelunkarella, but yeah. Spelunkarella, and his snake's name is Cassandra. Yep. <laughs> That's a 10 out of 10 original character, my friend. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Put that on fanfiction.net. <laughs> Dude, send me that hot Snakelton fan art. <laughs> it's the blank page. You can't see him. That's <laughs> just how I picture him. <laughs> All right, everybody. Jeff. 
I want to hear about your original character. Well, my final original character, I put a lot of thought into it because, like, I'd gone varying directions with original characters as, mm-hmm. like, sometimes there was, like, a metafiction to it and other times there was, like, a, a fake real-world massacre attached to it. <laughs> yep. And I wanted to do something that culminated in every idea that I'd come up with since the beginning. Whoa. So my original character for Legend of Zelda is even bigger Goron. And this dude is like (laughs) fucking huge, brother. He's real big. Nah, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh, man. I was picturing it like, just like, the, the, like, you see the whole map of Legend of Zelda, and then, like, as you scroll up in the map, like, even bigger Goron's head just kind of peeks up, like, whoa. <laughs> There's just a hole in the middle of the map that's the size of the Ocarina of Time map, and, and the then, bigger Goron's head is sticking out of it, and that's it. <laughs> and then you look closer, and you're like, Link's house is in a belly button, and, like, <laughs> two of the dungeons are on his boobs. The whole time you play the game, you're just hearing, (laughs) So, uh, I did want to circle back to my original character, where I created a metafiction. My original, original character, ironically, uh, for Sonic the Hedgehog, whose name and story I don't remember. But I do remember I created a metafiction that he was created by an angry teenager. Okay. So I wanted to circle back to that. So I created Darkest Link. <laughs> so, when Link traveled to Termina in Majora's Mask, there wasn't any Link there. Fucked up, right? You ever wonder why that is? Well, that's because yeah. of Darkest Link and his horrible inner pain that only I can understand. I can hear the Linkin part. <laughs> I can hear it. So I'll tell you the tale. Long lost to time. The Link of Termina was like every other Link out there. A twinky little bitch boy who girls like for some stupid reason. He was on a mission to rescue some lame princess or whatever. But just like the Link of Hyrule, he met his evil and super cool counterpart, Dark Link. As as every young boy must at some point in their lives. He meets Dark Link, who's maybe just not as good in social situations or whatever, but in, like, a cool, reflective way, and girls just don't appreciate it. So, they met in a cave, like, near the end of the game, like, in Ocarina of Time, but this Link got his shit wrecked, like he should have in Ocarina of Time, because Dark Link is obviously stronger, he's darker. Mm-hmm. Dark Link looked down at his crumpled little bitch boy bod and decided he wanted himself a piece of that. But not, like, in a gay way. Uh Not super, Uh super not in a gay way, so don't tell me that it's gay, because it's not. I mean, definitely. All right. So, anyway, he used his dark tentacles power to absorb Link in a totally not gay way and took all his powers and memories and gave him all his horrible pain from inside his heart because he feels all the heartbreak that genuine nice guys have to go through because of (laughs) heartless girls. And he uses it as a power source to get stronger. (laughs) Genuine nice guys fucking got me. This new being was like a darker Link, with all the powers of both dudes, but he knew he could get even stronger. So he went to Hyrule Castle. Uh, Edit, 
1-3-2004. It's also in Termina at this time. Stop fucking commenting about it. It was before Majora's Mask, stupid. Read the fucking story first before getting stupid on my live journal. <laughs> and he just jumped over the hole in the ground instead of making a wussy rainbow bridge like some stupid normal Link did. That makes sense. When he met up with Ganondorf, he just stabbed him through the heart and ripped it out, and he ate it off his sword like the kebab meat at the Sizzler, <laughs> and he absorbed all of Ganon's pig power and became the darkest Link. Whoa. But you can call him Dink for short. <laughs> so Dink took his new power and enslaved all of Terminal with it. Everyone was afraid of him. The whole world was afraid to say the name Dink anymore. <laughs> it wasn't an insult on Terminator because they knew the darkest, most tortured badass on the whole world was named Dink, so they never called nice guys that when they asked him to dances or to have a nice dinner at the Sizzler with them because they all knew Dink could kill him and drain their blood and they'd die. <laughs> Edit. 1-6-2004. <laughs> He left Termina later, you fucking dumb idiots! <laughs> Stop commenting about how he would be in Majora's Mask if he did this! He left Termina because everyone was fucking idiot like you guys are there. And he went to real world and spends all his time with newfound glory because they understand him and don't be mean to him because he likes black clothes and isn't a dink! Edit. 1-7-2004. His name is Dink, though, and it's not an insult. The end. Wow. And, I mean, Newfound Glory does rule, though. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> there, was, there was a grain of truth, too. So, here, here's his stats. I always like to do stats. Oh, yes. Uh, Darkest Link, a.k.a. Dink. Yep. Uh, his home plane is Termina. Mm -hmm. His type is Possessed Evil Link. Age, immortal, but appears to be 16. <laughs> Alignment, hyper-chaotic evil. Whoa. Wait, is he hyper-chaotic or hyper-chaotic? Uh, never mind. Hyper-chaotic evil. Got it. Occupation, murderer. <laughs> Assassin. Yep. Skateboarder. Okay. Master, none. Go fuck yourself, Ganon dork. Wow. Enemies, Hyrule Link, that bitch Lowrule Link, Ravio, the Four Swords Link, I guess? Is that a different Link? I got the I... book that explains the timelines, but that just kind of confused me even more. Fuck them anyway, I guess, whatever. Yep. First appearance, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Dark Disease, the newfound glory mod on CoolRoms.com. Awesome, I'm downloading that immediately. <laughs> Quotes, my soul is diseased to its core. Within my veins is only darkness, and it carries within it the virus that will end all of mankind. So fuck you, Link! <laughs> I like that a lot of your OCs end up hating the the, the actual characters from... The, the canon. That's, like, that's so Sonic the Hedgehog OC. I had to bring it back. It's such, it's such like a real thing that exists in like, you know, the, the type, the genre you're covering. Like, <laughs> and I just don't understand it. How do you love a thing enough to make an OC about it, but just despise? You hate the main character's guts. You just hate it. 
I guess it makes sense. My, it's just... my parents never understood me because they never existed. Because I'm like an evil possessed link, you poser. Here's another one. Fuck jocks. <laughs> wow. And finally, newfound glory doesn't get the recognition recognition it deserves. And also, this is still Zelda. <laughs> Darkest Link, aka Dink, which is not an insult anymore because uh, Dink is now a really fucking cool thing to be. So fucking jokes on you, idiots, if you call me Dink. Mm-hmm. Is still out there somewhere, chilling with newfound glory and living that fucking emo life. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was like to be emo back in the day. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot more Connor Oberst, <laughs> but he he nails the even he nails the zeitgeist. I feel like I captured something here. <laughs> so, really, the question becomes: Is the character that I created Darkest Link, or is it the creator of Darkest Link that I created? The 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 real the life me- Dink. Did, I feel like we named. The the t- the Sonic teen in the first episode we gave him. I, f- I feel like we probably did. This is this feels like a Connor to me. Yeah, this kid is a Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Even if his name isn't Connor, he goes by Connor. Of course. Well, he goes he goes by Dink now because everybody calls him that. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking Which, Dink. You Dink. Well, that's right. Dink's a cool name, and here's why. I, I can't even imagine what would happen to my psyche if a girl called me a dink. Like, I would probably just die. <laughs> you just like, give it up then, right? You go hang yeah, up all the genitals. You're not going to need them even, anymore. Even today, if a girl I even minorly liked called me a dink, I'd just, I'd ignite in, into, <laughs> into, into vomit and tears. <laughs> How do you come back from that? There's no comeback from dink. I think it shows real strength that Connor is able to put his pain into art. And it's not, true. He's channeling just... his real life experiences in a way that's, I think, healthy in the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He's channeling it into his live journal. Like, he should definitely talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my original character, Dink. I love it. I loved all the edits too, because it implies like his his he's being like punched up in the comment section or something <laughs> like that. People in the comments are trying to help, and he's just taking yeah. it as an attack on his art. They're just like going in with like maybe not even like uh <laughs> like the best of intentions, but are just like actually this couldn't have happened. I just like to talk about this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't think Dink could have happened if it's in the Majora's Mask timeline, because wouldn't he be around when the moon drops? no you fucking dumb idiots he left Termina cause everyone's fucking idiot like you also he can dimension slide if he has chaos control (laughs) dude that happens so much when like a Sonic fan like character creator makes a non-Sonic character that they can still use chaos control for some reason And I love that. I wish I would have put it in now. That would have been the feather in my cap for that whole thing. I'm, I'm, now that now that it's the last episode, no secrets between us, I don't know what chaos control is. <laughs> Look, everybody strap yourselves in. Okay. Chaos control is a power Shadow the Hedgehog has that lets okay. him do whatever the fuck the writers want to make him be able to do. And also Sonic has it for some reason? But only in Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> but you need the Chaos Emeralds to control chaos, right? Yeah, or- so here's here's a question to the audience. 
and you can't answer since this is the last episode. Yeah, but uh, Shadow the Hedgehog was created to be the ultimate life form in a laboratory by Doctor Robotnik's grandpappy. We all know this. We all know this. It's part of the established lore, and yeah. um, he can use chaos control because he's a fucking mutant monster, and he was made to be able to do that. Right. Uh, later in Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic gets shot into fucking space, and he uses a Chaos Emerald to use Chaos Control and teleport himself back to the space station. How the fuck does he do that, everybody? He's just a regular fucking hedgehog boy. <laughs> maybe there's something special about him, Jeff. Maybe, maybe he's not just Maybe there is something him. special about him. It's called being the main character of the franchise. <laughs> it goes a long way. So, like, when you play the two-player mode, Shadow the Hedgehog, Hedgehog has all these fucking chaos control moves that you can do, and Sonic can also do all of them. So, were we supposed to get from this game that Sonic was also created in a laboratory by Dr. Robotnik's grandfather? Or is that just, <laughs> or is that just my OC? <laughs> Jeff, I think from this we can deduce that if either of us were... The franchise protagonists of our franchise, we would have a lot more. We'd have a lot more sway. Yeah, I f- I feel like I learned that at a certain point in my life, right? Where I was like, I'm the main character, and then I was like, Well, wait, all these other people can do way cooler shit than I can. Holy fuck, am I the Yajirobe? Is that who I am? That's fine. No, that's fine. No. You're the um, you're the Kuwabara. Like, I'm a hundred percent fine with that. Fucking Kuwabara yeah. is my favorite. He's a he's a big sword boy, and I love him. I love that big fucking idiot. I'll be him. <laughs> so, if you've listened to original original characters before, you've thought, "Wow, why did they call it that?" But also, you've thought, "I'd like to write into this show and let them know what I'm all about, what my steez is when it comes we to keep this character." You. We keep hearing you think that. Through our through our means of doing, get out of my fucking brain. We will after this episode. So if if you would like to send in your original characters, don't because we're not doing this anymore. But we do have an inbox full of your original Legend of Zelda characters. So brutal. So if if this is your first OGOC, you fucked up. Yeah. Well, go back in time and send one, dumbass. Like, what are you doing? No, uh, Kevin, would you like to read the first one or should I? Oh, I want to read it because it's Sam Lindstrom. It's Sam, I always get to read the Sam Lindstrom one, so I thought I'd give it to you this time. I, I desperately want to read the Sam Lindstrom one. Bring it our, on. Our first email is from Sam Lindstrom. It's entitled, Is Tingle an OC? Are his brothers OC? Is his dad an OC? Remember his dad? I, I do is not. His dad, well, his dad is a never seen character who doubts that Tingle can be a fairy boy because he's 30 years old and lives with his father. So, Look, we've all been there, right? We've all, we've all been there. No, my dad, my dad would support me. Your dad would though. be like, he can be a fairy boy if he wants. Stop questioning him. He's like, he's like lay off my fairy boy son. Look, I believe he's he's full of the energies necessary to become a fairy boy. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Michael Cole. Mike Cole. Mike Cole, Mike. who follows me on Twitter. Thank you, Mike Cole, if you're listening to this right now. <laughs> Damn right he does. I think my mom follows you, too. What? Really? Yeah, yeah probably. Oh, no. I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Sam's email begins, Hey, Jeff and Kevin. All right, enough bullshit. <laughs> 
<laughs> right out the gate. <laughs> Zelda OCs, you say. Last episode, you say. Welcome to the original, original characters podcast, you said, or some variation therein. He's, he's got me there. Meet my trio of OCs, Whimsit the Zora, Chutney the Deku Scrub, and Alexi Photopolis the Goron. And there is an amazing <laughs> picture that we're definitely going to have to post on Twitter for you guys to see of these three characters. Sam has this uh, incredible ability of caricature where he can make any established design look completely new, original, yeah. and cool in his style. God. But Alexi Fotopoulos just looks like he has a, 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 a just like the ideal migraine right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the distant future of Hyrule, you know the future I'm talking about. Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf were all dead. <laughs> Jesus, rest, rest in peace, our franchise. I guess. Link choked on a chicken bone. Zelda forgot her keycard in the stairwell of an office building, and Ganondorf was attacked in his home by a gang of very persistent Roombas. I have several questions, but no, chief among them is, how does Zelda losing her keycard make her die? She's trapped in a stairwell. Look, you could. there's so many things she's wearing that she could eat. <laughs> yeah, but for how long? How long is no one going to use the stairwell? <laughs> Looking upon the deceased holders of the Triforce, the goddesses wondered, what if we tried literally anything else? And so they did. The Triforce of Courage went to Whimsit, the Zora, a plucky young hero with no fear response. She had a... Te- <laughs> I, get, I think I already see what... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Triforce of Courage went to Whimsit, the Zora, who has no fear response. Sorry, I think I said wisdom. Yeah, you fucked it. You fucked it. No, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. She had a tendency to walk off cliffs, swallow needles, and casually start up conversations with strangers on the subway. Damn. Which is the the scariest thing. (laughs) She kind of also just sounds like the worst. (laughs) But I love her. The Triforce of Wisdom went to Chutney, the Deku Scrub. Chutney liked to spend all her time in her room thinking about all the things she could be doing outside of her room before going to bed. And is that a life wasted, though? Think about it. Think about it. If it is, I'm in trouble. (laughs) The Triforce of Power went to Alexi Fotopoulos, the Goron. Alexi Fotopoulos went to a school that de-emphasized physical recreation so he spent most of his youth not knowing why he felt so anxious whenever he had to sit down for a whole class. He was misdiagnosed with ADHD, and his resulting medication kept him from developing at a normal rate, and he really loved the birthday massacre. That got really real, did it not? I'm, I'm guessing this is maybe based on a friend of, maybe. of Sam's. Maybe. What a, what a mystery. Eventually, <laughs> these three noble souls found each other, and rather than kick up some bitter li- rivalry, they became fast friends. They did everything together. Chutney stopped Whiz- Whimsit from chasing cars. Whimsit helped Alexi Fotopoulos vent his frustrations through outdoor activities. And Alexi Fotopoulos kept Chutney from staying in her room all the time by tossing her farther and farther away every time she tried <laughs> to go back inside. <laughs> That was good. Uh, they were they were made for each other, and they went on all kinds of adventures. In time, 
They came to take on the mantle of heroism, fighting off monsters, and bringing peace to the land. But only ever for so long. It seemed no matter what they did, the land of Hyrule would always be plagued with evil. What a waste of time all this is, Chutney would say. Our reality is cyclical by nature. That's the only way the series maintains its brand identity. <laughs> yeah, Whimsit responded. I only ever stop fighting when my arms go limp and the visions start squeaking in riddles. Whoa! <laughs> Why won't my dad tell me where my brother's living now? I just want to call him. Jesus. <laughs> Alexei Vitopoulos clearly not paying attention. Wait, Whimsit thought. What if we pull our powers together to make a wish? A wish that all bad monsters were gone forever. Forever, Chutney asked. A solution like that would be final. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, no! Damn it. damn it. Not again! <laughs> Sam. Samuel. Sam. I'm not even going to say it out loud. I'm Sam. not even going to say it out loud. M-Class just did an episode on this called I Borg that I feel like you should be listening to right now about why this might not be okay to do. (laughs) Alexi Fotopoulos added this, an unnerving shift toward clarity in his voice. Wow, this is like illustrated. Yeah, there's a whole, (laughs) there's a series of illustrations in this email that'll have to come with it. The three friends sat across from each other over a glowing emblem of the Triforce. They would make a wish, a wish that all the bad creatures and all the bad people would go away forever. The world could finally know peace if they could just sift out the filth. Oh no! The unwanted, the unworthy. Who better to make this call than the wielders of the Triforce themselves? Power isn't granted by accident. It is earned. It is just. You're really really hitting on some some dark themes that our president legend. Of Zelda. No, I don't like this story. Let's go play Rugrats. I don't want to read these this thoughts, anymore. These thoughts bobbed and weaved through Chutney's wooden skull. Alexi Fotopoulos dropped his massive palm on the ground with a thump. Whimsit placed her hand down next, looking over at Chutney. Come on, what are you waiting for? This is how our story was meant to end. Chutney sat silently. <laughs> What's the hold up? The Seahawks kick it <laughs> off in 15 minutes and I'm not going to miss it. Alexi Fotopoulos wrote with a sigh, Chutney stood up from the incantation circle. No more of this. No more fighting. She walked to, she walked to the door and paused. No more genocide. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm glad we stuck around. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the autumn winds blew gently as a young Gerudo woman, the new holder of the Triforce of Courage, walked into the clearing of the great Chutney tree. <laughs> <laughs> Your powers are gifts, the tree told her. Treasure them. Share them. Share them with all the world. It is criminal to hold them too close. The Gerudo nodded. I will do as you command, Mother Tree, but I must ask a question. What is that resting at your base, nested among your roots? For a moment, the tree almost smiled. Wheaties, my dear. The breakfast of champions. But why? (laughs) That is not for us to know. I don't. Am I dumb? Did I miss something? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, there's there's one more. There's one more at the end. 
Hey, Jeff, Kevin, thanks so much for hosting this podcast. It's been a hell of a ride, both in getting to hear your your and everyone's fantastic stories and characters, as well as a super rewarding opportunity to push myself creatively. This podcast is everything I wanted it to be and more, and I know whatever whatever kooky projects you two whip up next, I'll be there for it. Keep on keeping on. Sincerely, (laughs) Sam. 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 You you really so you like you flip my expectations in a way that was entirely satisfying, and I appreciate the hell out of it. He did a friendship run. He did. He did. He finally did friendship instead of genocide. That we were so close too, and I was I was on the edge of my seat. I was ready to change the channel over to the Rugrats. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I mean. I was I was like I, I don't I don't know <laughs> I know I know but he he knows his audience so well and he just played with our expectations he, it was awesome you you have a a future ahead of you in storytelling Sam I could feel it also if you really like that kind of story um I just finished watching Star versus the Forces of Evil and uh it gets into like genocide genocide ethno states revised history like it. It does some really heady topics in a magical girl like show, and it's so good. Jesus, uh, well check that out. Also check out Sam Lindstrom on Twitter. I think it's just at Sam Lindstrom. Do it. Sam has an incredible art style that I love. I've been following Sam for ages, actually. So yeah, you do Sam, it too. Sam has just is just an incredible person that I love, and thank you for all the nice things you said at the end. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> And uh, I'm, I'm sorry we can't be a vessel to bring your fun ideas to the world anymore, but you, hopefully people will come to you now that they know that they can get a story that ends without genocide, too, if they want. <laughs> yeah, you're the vessel now. <laughs> Our uh, next email uh, comes from... Wait, I feel like I, like I want to end these emails by saying goodbye to the person. Oh, sure, that, go ahead. Is that too heavy? No, nah, tell I just want to say, thanks, Sam. Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, Sam. <laughs> Thank you for everything you've done, Samwise. Thank you, Samwise Sam. the Brave. Um, our next email is uh, from Matt, I guess, since there is no signature. Okay. And uh, it is entitled, Finalosi, Original Character, Do Not Steal. Oh. Finalosi is a, a Hylian who is currently okay. the elder of Kakariko? Kakarika? Kakariko. I always said Kakariko. I always said Kakariko too, but I also said Kakariko and uh, vari- variations of that. I mean, because there are still people no one... who say Helian all the time, even though it's called Hyrule. So it's anything is correct because no one actually speaks in Zelda. No, nobody speaks Hylian. Uh, <laughs> the only word we know how to pronounce is Ahoy from Wind Waker. <laughs> Ahoy! Ahoy! <laughs> Fenelosi is a Hylian who is currently the elder of Kakariko Village during the Time of Darkness. Darkness. For the last five years, that raging pile of moblin shit, Ganondorf, (laughs) has been rolling over Hyrule with an iron fist. At least when he's not playing that dummy thick pipe organ. I already love those. Fenelosi has had to deal with that bullshit since day one, so he's pretty used to it by now. But still, why isn't anyone trying to help his village? The one kid that was going around doing favors and collecting the spiritual stones seems to have gotten be getting the job done, 
But then he went and not only opened the door of time for Ganondorf, but then he just fucked off for the last five years? Oh, no. He's still got two years until uh, oh, until God. Big Boy Lake comes back. Now everyone's looking to old final for their expectations uh, after their expectations have been raised. He does his best, considering a literal ring of ominous doom hangs over his head every day. But he's an old man. He can't go wrangling up your damn cuckoos every time he leaves the area on you. Also, no one listens to his request to change the name of the Temple of Time to the Sacred Temple. What does that place have to do with time at all? It's a just it's a portal to the sacred realm, not some damn time machine. <laughs> and now the castle is overrun with Ganondorf supporters. Good luck trying to get a word in edgewise at those town meetings. Dude just scream at you until you're paralyzed in fear and bad opinions. Wow, topical. <laughs> Who knew that everyone on Twitter was just a redead? <laughs> It's all co- it's all coming into into focus now. Rude, <laughs> rude. Anyway, Finalosi has been the elder of Kakariko Village for about forty years. Ever since the old days, when all he had to deal with was King Harkinian telling him to scrub all the floors in Hyrule. He's pretty well loved by the villagers, at least by the ones that aren't hideous Skullchilla hybrids. Now, those guys are kind of miffed. The target range crowd, though, big fans. <laughs> Current town projects. Tell windmill guy to calm the fuck down. Find a new grave digger. (laughs) (laughs) Find out what that shambling horror-esque sound coming from the well is all about. Ask that ninja dude what happened to the princess. (laughs) I picture this next one is written in someone else's. Praise Ganondorf. (laughs) Someone else's handwriting because it's an all (laughs) cap. Figure out why there are so many places in this town that are inaccessible to the average villager. Catchphrases. Well, that's how. Well, that's how it goes in Kakariko. Has anyone seen my horse? Now that's a spicy potion. Thanks, Kevin and Jeff. Aww. Thank you, Finalosi. Thank you, Finalosi, and thank you to Matt. That was a fun read. I like that character. I like that character a lot, too. That was just a solid little time we had. I like all the Ocarina references. And I'm usually salty about Ocarina just because I'm like, it's not as good as the nostalgia makes me think. And it isn't, but no, it's still it's still very good. I really love Ocarina of Time, and I always will. It has gotten, like, blown out of proportion how good it is. Yeah. Like, my favorite Legend of Zelda games are, like, are Breath of the Wild and Link to the Past. So... I have a weird opinion compared to most people. Yeah, I like Majora's Mask. It's probably my my favorite one. Fucking um, hipster. Yeah, I'm pretty hip. <laughs> You're right, Jeff. And uh, I like the Game Boy. Um, oh, the Oracles? Yeah, I like Oracle of Time. I fucking I, think Time. I, I played Oracle of Ages more. And that would have worked Oracle out for us. That would have worked That's out for it. us. Oracle of Ages is very, very good. Or, no, I played Oracle of Seasons more. Fuck. Okay, we were all mixed up. <laughs> we were all mixed up. Oracle of Seasons is the one I played first, and I liked it. And I didn't play Oracle of, Age- Oracle of Ages for a very long time. And then I played it, and I loved it. I don't it. think I've... I still... I don't think I've played Oracle of Ages all the way through. I think I started it right after I finished Seasons, and, like, I kind of burnt myself out. There's a weird, like... Uh, alternating new game plus that you can play between those two games until you've beat them both like twice through. And then like, I think it got cut, but weren't you supposed to be able to fight Ganondorf if you beat both games when they were connected? No, you, you still fight 
um, a, a, I think a monster that looks very much like Ganondorf. Okay. Or Ganon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because there's art. There's Oracle of art of But he's got Ganondorf. like the Twilight Princess, like Zahn hat or whatever. He's got well, like the big triangle. Like pyramid. in the art I saw, he looks exactly like uh, Ocarina of Time Ganondorf in the face, but he's wearing like a, a purple robe and he's got the biggest disco collar I've ever seen in my life and it's red. Oh, it looks amazing. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Yeah, look that up on Google.com if you got some time. But I would like to thank Matt for writing in and thanks, Matt. Uh, say goodbye forever. Goodbye forever, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. Um, our next email is from Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody Evan. signs these. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Evan writes, here's my terrible OC for the finale, Gunnendorf. <laughs> here's the about section. Born in Southern Hyrule and raised by his grandmothers, Kogami and Kogamgam. Oh, that's Kogami and Kogamgam. And Kogamgam. <laughs> he works on his family's hog farm. He wears overalls and a t-shirt with his favorite band's logo, Iron Knuckle. That's great. Dude, Iron Knuckle is a great name for a band. <laughs> the great name for a Zelda band. Hell yeah. Too. He also rocks a mullet. I love Gunnendorf. <laughs> I feel like I he, lived near Gunnendorf growing up, honestly. He wants to marry the mayor's daughter, Zelda, but she has her eyes <laughs> on the town sheriff, and en- Lazar. and Lazar. He rides around on a big hog he named the Gunnin' Lee. <laughs> Usually blasting his favorite song, Run to Death Mountain. <laughs> Much to the ire of the boss hog. One day, while cleaning out his late Uncle Jesse Dorf's old shed, <laughs> he found a magical trident. While he was tossing it in the dumpster, he found a triple barrel shotgun. That's so fucking amazing, Mr. Act. He found an amazing triple barrel shotgun that someone had thrown out. It was a triple enforcer model. Oh, God. It was a triple enforcer model. He called it the Triforce, since most of the lettering on the side had worn off. (laughs) He likes to drink beer in the alley behind his house with his friends Fatty, Gary, Ham, and and let's and, and, say Oscuro, and Lazar's twin brother. Okay. I don't get N. Lazar. Am I dumb, everybody? I get that's supposed to be Link, probably, but... Maybe. Uh, stats. Power, 10 out of 10. Speed, 7 out of 10. Wisdom, 1 out of 10. <laughs> Courage, 1 out of 10. Cooking, 10 out of 10. Can grill a mean yeah, steak. Yeah, but how does he cook the steak is the question. That That is that is the, a very important question. Also, I saw your tikka masala on Twitter. That shit looked good. Dude, I said that it turned out okay, but like I had just taken two bites of it. Like I started getting into it. It's fucking yeah. great. I loved it. I, I love cooking Indian food. It's always so fucking satisfying. Dude, I like botched it the first time. Like I used the wrong spices and it was like, it was too, uh, like umami is a little too savory and yeah it wasn't spicy enough so and i hated it like chris my <laughs> wife crystal was like it's fine but she has to say that by law because we're married and it actually sucked i should get married so people have to like my cooking. yeah <laughs> that's the law uh 
quotes. Who needs courage when you have a gun? <laughs> this, this is my boomstick. I'm going to kick your ass. Hold my beer. Jesus. Uh, well, I guess that does it for my final OC for one of the best podcasts I've had the pleasure of listening and contributing to. I'll definitely miss this podcast, but I'm looking forward to more Space Kings from Kevin and more Inksberg from Jeff. Take care, you two. Man, thank you. You take care. No, you take care. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. I like Gunnendorf. <laughs> I, like I said, I feel like I lived somewhere near Gunnendorf growing up, to be honest. <laughs> I absolutely fucking love Kogami and Kogam Gam. That's I love genius. Kogam, yeah. That's really good. Thank you, Evan. Uh, thank you for listening and for the kind words, and goodbye forever. Goodbye forever to Evan. Everybody dies when we say that to him, so sorry about it's that. It's true. They, they, they turn into little triangles like in Endgame. <laughs> um, our next email is from VG Dad. VG Dad. VG. And it is entitled Legend of Zelda OC. Please do not steal. Oh, no. Hey, Jeff and Kevin. As soon as I heard the theme for this episode, I knew I had to submit it. The Legend of Zelda is one of my favorite series, and I couldn't resist the opportunity for some good old-fashioned shitty OCs. (laughs) Allow me to introduce you to my original character. Please do not steal Cosmo, the Hero of Space. (laughs) That's pretty good. I I like that inversion. Uh, <laughs> it's like the hero, Jeff. It's like the hero of time. But... No, I fucking get it, Kevin. Calm down. <laughs> I was just making sure. I have I have had some problems getting some things in this episode, so I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, me too. And I just wanted to leap on a on a joke that I actually understood. <laughs> uh, after the events of Ocarina of Time, when Link gets sent back to the past to live out his life, he decided he no longer belonged in the Kokiri Forest. Maybe this takes place after Majora's Mask 2? I don't know. It doesn't really matter, since Link is ancillary to the story. Anyway, Link decided to settle in Hyrule Castletown and retire from the hero's life. There, he met a boy named Cosmo. He and Cosmo became best friends and did all the things that kids do. Catching bugs, cutting down bushes, fighting chickens, (laughs) breaking into houses and throwing pottery. You know, (laughs) kid stuff. (laughs) One day, Link showed Cosmo the Temple of Time and his old blade, the Master Sword, regaling Cosmo with tales of heroism, demons, dungeons, and fairies. Years passed, and Link forgot all about his hero's journey and settled into an early retirement. (laughs) Link didn't think much of it, but Cosmo never forgot about that fateful day. Another fateful day came, and Cosmo went back to the Temple of Time, ready to wield the Blade of Destiny. Upon grabbing the Master Sword, Cosmo tore open a hole in space and time, exposing an alternate reality. Damn. Apparently, the Master Sword can also let you travel through dimensions, but only if you're the chosen one. And you better believe there's another Master Sword in that alternate dimension. So yeah, Cosmo wields two Master Swords. (laughs) That's real shit. Double Link in the house. (laughs) That's... This is... The image attached is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> Cosmo took it upon himself to explore this alternate dimension and found it to be a dark, twisted version of the Hyrule he knows. Recalling the stories that his best friend Link told him, Cosmo decided to explore this land and maybe learn a few things along the way. As he made his way through Dark Hyrule, Cosmo traveled to many familiar locations that were a dark reflections of the ones we know and love. 
and just so happened to find exactly the right tools to help him solve a myriad of puzzles and giant enemy encounters. On yet another fateful day, <laughs> Cosmo encountered the big bad himself. Yup, you guessed it. This is the dimension where Link failed to defeat Ganon. And if you don't believe me, look it up. That's 100% canon. So now it's up to Cosmo to do the job. Damn. Well, I mean, he's pretty much the most equipped for it that he can possibly be. He is double equipped. He is Klingon equipped to fucking take on these enemies. <laughs> That's a joke from your other podcast, M-Class Podcast. There's definitely some people listening to this that don't get that joke. (laughs) Using his newfound powers of reality hopping and sick dual master sword wielding, and sometimes he spins the blades like a helicopter to just decimate enemies, Cosmo must jump between dimensions to find the seven crystals or medallions or whatever to seal Ganon's power for good. I don't know, maybe this leads into the events to Link to the Past somehow? Sure, let's go with that. Oh, and did I mention he's coming to Smash? Yeah. Whoa. He's coming to Smash. Oh, great, another sword factor <laughs> Smash. <laughs> well, at least he dual wields. <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better. No, nah, probably not. <laughs> thanks for all the laughs, and thanks for giving me an excuse to write and draw some amazingly stupid things. I'm looking forward to your next creative endeavor. Yours originally, VG. Aw, thanks, VG. I like this. It's kind of like we're going to our own funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace, you two. And everyone just has to say nice things about us and and think that we're in a better place. Yeah, we're pretty much Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn at their own fucking funerals. (laughs) Just in the fucking rafters giggling on these fucking (laughs) idiots who think we're dead. These dumbos think we're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeehaw. Yeehaw. (laughs) Ain't a fence. I guess I guess you're the Huckleberry fan and that you eventually learned to not be a shitty kid, but I never do. <laughs> I'm the Tom Sawyer. <laughs> I don't know. I think I do some really morally questionable shit. That's true. <laughs> In the meantime. That's true. But you know, you learn. Uh, I'm like we'll forty never get to do I'm like forty years old still trying to make people paint fences for me. So <laughs> That's true. I, I get a lot of free labor out of people, maybe I am. <laughs> Maybe I am Tom Sawyer. I'm at least the song Tom Sawyer. That is a great song. Uh, were you about to make a joke about our Tom Sawyer original characters? Yeah, I was going to be like, we'll never get to do the heart of Tom Sawyer OC Oh, characters. no. But I was like, maybe that's a bad joke. Uh, well, it's a good thing I jumped on that grenade for you then. So you don't have to yeah. suffer the shrapnel. <laughs> I stand by it. Great job. <laughs> uh, why don't we hop in this next email, Kevin? Goodbye forever, VG Dad. Yes. Thank you for writing to Goodbye us. Goodbye forever. You will never see us ever again. We're This is a Suicide Pact episode. We're done after we're going, this one. We're going off to the Greylands. <laughs> Man, I the wish. Wood elves. <laughs> I wish. Uh, oh, this is me. I'm yeah, it's this. you, motherfucker. All right. Um... This email is entitled Zelda OC, Please Don't Steal, and it's sent to us from Jared, and it begins. Dear Kevin and Jeff, and and secret third guest host standing behind you right now. (gasps) Oh, there's nobody there! He got me! That's my cat, Houdini. Oh. (laughs) Welcome to the show, the great Houdini! (laughs) She's just kind of mashing her face into a chair trying to ignore me. (laughs) Which... Pretty, pretty generous uh, guest, I'd say. It's true. Uh, uh, 
It's been a while, but I'm back with an OC. If if you'll have it, but as always, please don't steal. We we would never. That's the secret of this whole show. I've been stealing all of your OCs the whole time. Yeah, you guys didn't really seem to catch on that we're just using your content for our show. <laughs> I mean, we're not making any money off of it. We have so stolen just... it for our show, though. <laughs> Fucking That's the irony. bamboozled you guys, pulled the wool over your eyes. You've been hoodwinked, gotcha. bamboozled, <laughs> and all you got was was a middling to pretty good podcast. Idiots, got him. No, nah, but read this Dumbo's thing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my Zelda original character. Please don't steal. Is D- D- Dimio Tremsman, Hilaian. <laughs> <laughs> Historical anthropologist extraordinaire specializing in the evolution of the various Hellenian races during the Great Flood. Ex- excuse me, Kevin. Mr. Kevin Cole. Yeah. Hellenian? Hellenian? Hylian? Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter since no one ever says it. Everyone could be wrong. Whatever. <laughs> it's just new. I've never heard that one. <laughs> You're the one who wanted me to speed up, Jeff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you fucking quantity over quality. Just give me that quantity. <laughs> shove it up my hole. I'm gonna blast you full of it. <laughs> Dimio's first headcanon, I mean peer-reviewed thesis, was about <laughs> that's good. Was about how the forest one Kokiri evolved into the living tree stumplings that are the Korok. The Kokiri always had a close tie to nature and the wood spirits of the forest, and when the Great Flood washed away the farmland, the Kokiri re- relied on uh, the when the sorry when the Great Flood washed away the farmland, the Kokiri relied on to sustain their race. They slowly began to take on the appearance of the forest they retreated into to escape the rising waters. Over generations of living in the branches of the forest and with the blessing of the great Deku tree, uh, the proto Koroks began to be able to sustain themselves via photosynthesis. Cool. I'm going to sit in a tree. That is really cool. I really just thought the Kokiri eventually like fucked the Deku scrubs and their babies came out Koroks. Yeah. I feel like it's more likely they just rejoined Hylian highly in society or some shit. (laughs) Just a bunch of children showed up. That would be great. Actually. Like, all the Kokiri move into, like, Hylian society and become, like, fucking, like, artful dodgers. They just, like, run around stealing from Hylians all the time. Just little (laughs) oichens. Little fucking street oichens. Well, that theory needs a few grains of salt to go over. Demio's second published paper on the Zora's transition into the Rito is a bit more unrealistic. (laughs) The biggest question is why would an aquatic race evolve into an avian race due to the world flooding? Wouldn't a flooded Hyrule be the ideal environment for the Zora? No! That shit's salty! (laughs) (laughs) That shit's salty and clearly the Zora were a freshwater fish or brackish at best. So obviously the best course of action would be to evolve the ability to survive on this, in this newly salty environment, but you'd be wrong. It's way more logical to evolve wings, fly over that mess, and find some dry land. <laughs> well, here's here's a bit of a problem, right? Is that what in, I don't I'm not seeing it. But in yeah, in later on. games, the Zora still exists. The Rito and the Zora exist at the same time. <laughs> so where did the Rito come from? My theory: space, space, the space. final frontier. The Rito That's from your other podcast. Yeah, we made that. <laughs> the Rito um 
is it even hint? I think it's hinted in Wind Waker that they used to be the Zora, like because of the like the spirit is like a Zora, and the person that inhabit that has the spirit is a Rito that you talked. Here's to. the here's the thing. I don't think the timelines make the 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 worlds of the game better. No, here's the thing. In my in my OC, I had a joke okay. about how I yes. didn't understand the timelines, even though I have the book, and that's not right. a joke. That's real. <laughs> yeah, that's that's real shit. I've looked at that chart for like hours, and I'm and I'm still like, I don't think this is. <laughs> it's really not. You don't need a timeline. None of it's necessary. Well, that paper just barely passed the peer review process. <laughs> Dimio's third paper that's his most well known. Well, simple logic that a diminutive race of forest elves would evolve into tiny treemans, and the fishmans obviously evolved into birdmans. What of the humble Goron? Uh, Gorons, we all know, are a race of sentient rocks. Rocks cannot swim, and are generally harmed by water. How would the Goron race evolve to survive a newly flooded Hyrule? By evolving into Gorons, aka not evolving at all. (laughs) Got us there. Gorons survived the Great Flood by tapping into their race's greatest natural ability, not giving a shit. (laughs) Motherfuckers eat rocks. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need to eat rocks, they just <laughs> they could eat other things, but hey, rocks are right here and plentiful. Furthermore, while all the other races of Hyrule were scrambling for the higher ground, the Gorons were already living in the mountains for millennia. I just want to point out that in uh, Ocarina of Time, the Gorons are literally starving because they won't eat just any rock. Yeah, they have to eat the rock from Dodongo's cavern, and they'll just die if they don't get those rocks. And it's called Rock Sirloin, which means they're, like, the pickiest eater of all time. They're too upper crust, literally, to eat regular rocks. Jeff. (laughs) That's a good joke. That that justifies nine episodes and 18 hours of this podcast. We were fucking looking at how long it took between episodes earlier. A little bit of part in the curtain here. (laughs) We were looking at how long it takes between episodes... And we went four months without an episode once. and Which is, we, if uh, if Spotify is $16 a month, that's 60 bucks. <laughs> yeah, so we, like, we pay SoundCloud. We paid it host on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. It's like $15 yeah. a month. So we paid $60 to bring you one episode at one point. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't make any direct money off no, of this. No, so we don't. Whatever. Don't... <laughs> Don't use us as examples for your business. No, if you're really trying to make money, do the exact opposite of everything the two of us do, and you'll be fine. Except when it comes to Kickstarters, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That that went really well, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. If you're listening to this in a time and space where you don't know it went well, it did go well. Don't worry. If you only if you only get news about my stuff through this podcast, <laughs> the, the Space Kings Kickstarter went really well. Thank you. You know, ironically, there are a number of people who follow the original characters' Twitter that don't father, follow e- either of us. Like, That's they just follow this show. Bizarre. Isn't uh, it? I hope you... 
I hope they follow us to our regular Twitter accounts. Yeah, we'll get into all that at the end of the show as well, yeah, yeah. where you could follow us, what else we're doing, if there's anything upcoming we want to talk about. We'll get into all of that. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Uh, in the end, Goron survived the flood due to sheer dumb luck. They probably didn't even realize the world <laughs> flooded. One day, Goron took a rare stroll outside of the caves and thought to himself, Huh, it's a lot more splashy out here than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> then paid it no further mind and went back in the cave and ate more rocks. <laughs> That's all I got. Hope you enjoyed. Keep on original charactering, Jared. Jared, that was great. That was incredible. I love this character. I love that you have couched unrelated original character ideas into this character so you can get away with just having it all in one email that's genius yeah. that's smart that's good that's and i, good. I, I love, love your theories <laughs> i love your theories too and i feel like this could definitely be in universe if like zelda ever had skyrim style books it would have this exact like tongue-in-cheek oh yeah uh, absolutely sense of humor if- and i am including the fact that you said motherfuckers eat rocks in there because <laughs> we all know the next zelda is gonna be very swear m-rated pure m-rated, M-rated. Ao baby, Link fucks everything in the new one. You're like, wow, I didn't even know you could have sex with that monster. And Link's like, watch me. Yeah, but he asks for consent from all the monsters. It's true, and he wears he wears Zelda's uh, big booty yoga pants. The whole time. <laughs> it's cool that they invented yoga pants in Hyrule before the Great Calamity, isn't it? Yeah, Koji Kondo, thirsty. Yeah, and, and, yeah, the guy who created the music designed them. He bust into the fucking graphics department, and he was like, hey, I got this idea. And they were like, wow, Koji Kondo, your dick is already out. What are you doing? Dude, we all know Koji Kondo is the biggest horn dog at Nintendo. He was like, one day he was trying to do that Mario theme, and he was like, da 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 Anyway, I'm gonna go crank it because I'm a horn dog. Uh, love you, Koji. <laughs> Thanks for watching the show, Koji. Goodbye forever. <laughs> Thanks for watching our audio podcast, <laughs> Jared. Thank you so much for your email. Goodbye forever. Goodbye we forever, Jared. Thank you so much. I love that all of your emails end with sent from my magic space phone from the future. I love that I'm so gonna much. Miss, I'm gonna miss seeing that. Oh, our next email is uh, smaller, so I might end up reading two of them. Okay. Our next one is from Spencer, who uh, his email is entitled Final Episode, with a period, so you know it's serious. Ooh, chills. I just wanted to send you guys an email wishing you a fruitful future, and that you guys uh-huh. did a fantastic job hosting this podcast and creating OG characters. I couldn't think of an OG character myself, I personally find it hard to top tingle. So this is the end of my email. I have spoken. Signed, Spencer Stearns, PS69. That's Thanks, that's man. the weed number. <laughs> I'm tempted to end the entire podcast here. Just no more no more emails, none of our information, just ending it on PS69, that's the weed number. Uh, By the way, Spencer did not incorrectly identify the number 69. That was my own stupidity. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody write to Spencer going, no, that's the sex one. 
That's the nice one. That's the one that you do to someone you like. I'm only responding to like those Twitter posts that say 69 on them by saying weed or blue. <laughs> so our next email yes. is from longtime contributor to M-Class email, Yakub, who uh, writes, his title is Help, That Man Stole My O.C. No. Oh, thank you. The one thing we try to prevent. <laughs> oh, thank you, OGOC man. You truly stand between us and the thieves. <laughs> Link has conducted trains, steered boats, driven motorcycles, and flown planes, kinda. Kinda. Time yeah. for that green-capped hero to get a sweet ride. Yes. In this new game called Legend of Zelda Shift of Power, Link gets to drive a Sokola Storm 1. It is an old but reliable and customizable car. Here's something something that, like... No, I get questions about every now and then. All of Yakub is from Poland, and all of his yeah, emails have Polish shit in them that none of us know. I I feel I feel sad knowing that a pipeline for like niche Polish humor is now closed off to me. It's true. <laughs> I guess you just have to listen to M class email because it's always on yeah. there as well. I read his emails very confusedly but appreciatingly, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Sheikah slate gets updated with locations of refueling stations, mechanics, and body shops. <laughs> the radio is playing tunes by Cass. There's an all ocarina station, and Tingle has a chat show. Imagine getting on the Hyrule Highway with the top down and driving towards the sun. You know, you're you're describing a lot of the gameplay from Final Fantasy 15 right now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I don't hate it. <laughs> no, I would love that. Like some of my favorite shit in Final Fantasy fifteen was just driving around listening to old Final Fantasy music with my my boy band in tow. I mean, Link already has a motorcycle. I feel like this isn't too big of a stretch. No, it's not. You could bullshit it as well, make it look all like Sheikah technology like and shit. Although, if it did just look like a shitty old Polish car, that would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's even that's just as incredible, I'd say. Possible car upgrades and skills for Link to learn include headlights for dark tunnels and driving in the dark. That doesn't <laughs> exist standard. No, okay. you gotta get an upgrade for that. <laughs> Handbrake for starting uphill, maybe to get to the mountain Goron City. Changing tires for snow, maybe to get to the remote penguin Rito village. That's such an adorable idea. Isn't it? Putting chains on wheels for ice and sand, maybe to get to that faraway Gerudo town. And parallel parking in another dimension, like in between worlds. (laughs) Wow. I guess the jig is up by now. I really liked the 2015 Mad Max game, and I fantasized about what that kind of treatment would do for Zelda. Yours, Riding Eternal, Shiny and Chrome, Yakub. P.S., OGOC was a great project, and I'm sad to see it go. I hope 2020 brings more great stuff from you OGs. Thanks, so cool. Thank you. That's fucking... Like, I would love to play this game. It re- it reminds me of Final Fantasy XV on the surface, but if it was, like, a real major part of the gameplay, that would be all... Not in, like, a Batman Arkham Knight way. I don't care for that. But in a fun way, I'd be all on board for 
I just want a game where Link has to live out of his car, and, <laughs> you know, sleep every night in a Walmart parking lot. You for sure have to find a parking lot to sleep in, yeah. because if you sleep beside the road in your car, there's a chance, like, moblins will come up and try to carjack you. Or worse, the cops will tap on your window. <laughs> and they'd be like the town guards from Ocarina of Time with the helmets down over their eyes. Kink, kink, kink. What you, Oi, what are you doing in there? <laughs> And if Link accidentally drives through Georgia, then he'll just go to jail. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's true. Georgia's though. a terrible place. <laughs> Fuck Georgia. I would never drive anywhere. Yeah, why Georgia. would you need to go to Georgia except to get out the other side of Georgia? Sorry to everyone who's listening in Georgia. It's not your fault your state sucks. <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> I lived in West Virginia. I know what it is. Um, <laughs> thanks for that email, Yakub, and goodbye forever. Goodbye forever, Yakub. Slash see you on M class. Yeah, see you on M class. <laughs> What's our next one, boy? Our next email is from Eric. And he begins Zelda OC, do not steal. Spoilers, it's a bug person. Spoilers in oh. the title. <laughs> if you read this for the podcast, you can just call me Eric. Okay, I do it right then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in Zelda, we got fish people, rock people, plant people, bird people, and a few types of people people. Then we've also got the evil kinds of people, like lizard people, skeleton people, and the orc and troll people. Zelda's got its bases covered with all kinds of races. It even has robot people. But you know what Zelda has never really done? Mammalian people. Unless you consider the human type people the game mammalian. But I'm talking about the kind of mammalian people that Fox from Star Fox is. Furries. Zelda has never had furries. Unless you count that time Link turned into a wolf. And that's why my Legend of Zelda original character is a bug person. Have they not? I feel like they have had furries. No, I don't think they've we've done furries. You make Zelda now? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, this is where I reveal the reason I can't work on OGOC is because I've been hired by Nintendo. Oh no, I've been working with Koji Kondo the whole time. <laughs> I am Koji Kondo and I'm a horned. <laughs> I really like the sing song you were about to get into at the beginning. We got fish people, rock people, people plant bug, people, people, bird people, people, people even bug, a people. few cactus people, people. <laughs> it was fun. Um... I love bug people. Oh, I do too. too. I fucking love them. Um, uh, They're called Bugonoids in Space Kings, and they're very fun. And uh, they are a race in Cave Story. They're a race of giant cockroach people that are sometimes friendly. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, Name Luna Mothman. (laughs) Okay. I feel like like, uh, Eric... Knows his audience. He was like, I'm going to put a Mothman reference in here for Jeff. Go ahead and put that in there. Dude, people love Mothman. I love Mothman. That's my dude. I love that guy. (laughs) Type of people, bug people. (laughs) Type of bug, Luna Moth. The dopest of the moths. So I have, like, um, low-key modophobia. Like, I can't stand moths anywhere near me. Yeah, wow. it's like don't come to West Virginia. It's a real big one. <laughs> I I just can't think of like things. It's not. It doesn't even like register as unpleasant. It's just like get a fucking moth off of me as fast oh as possible. Wait, it's have we done one of these since I moved? I just realized. Like I made a West Virginia joke. Have we done original characters since I moved? When'd you move? 
last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we but yeah, we definitely did. Okay. Uh, either that or we recorded an M class after. All we right. Moved. Well, hopefully everybody knows I live in Pennsylvania now. I had to leave my beloved Mothman behind. Uh, I didn't know he was West Virginia based. Yeah. Um. The uh, the TNT area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. There's a museum there and like a a fucking metal statue of the Mothman in the middle of town. I feel like I could deal with a Mothman or or a, a Luna Moth person, but. Yeah, just the idea of moths. I, I don't know why. What about I, I butterflies? Guess that's why. I, not, it, it's like the powder, I think. Like the moth powder. Is oh, the, okay. Is, is the unsettling part for me. It's definitely like a thousand percent irrational. And Oh, well, that's I, what phobias are. Like, yeah. there's no explanation for why you're phobic of something. It just is. Yeah, I don't think a moth is going to eat me or whatever. It's just, I could like... I can handle bees. My dad keeps bees, and I'm I'm totally fine with being crawled on and touched by bumblebees. Like, like I'm not afraid of bees. I got, but I got stung were... right next to my genitals when I was a kid with <laughs> by a bee. So I don't trust bees. I wouldn't let them on me, but I'm not really afraid of them. I am, however, pretty allergic to them. <laughs> oh well, hopefully you have countermeasures if that should. Uh, I'm not <laughs> allergic to the point where I'm gonna like not be able to breathe, but like normally when you get stung you swell up a little bit like i get like elephantitis when i fucking get stung it's wild jeff come to massachusetts if you're stung by a bee i'll get you that health care thank you i appreciate (laughs) that although your dad keeps bees i don't know if it's smart to go around more of them (laughs) coward yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) all right uh, type bug, Luna moth, dopest of the moths, sex. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> also, no idea. <laughs> Do you know how to sex a bug? Like, sexual dimorphism exists in many types of bugs, but I don't know this shit off the top of Yo, my bugs head. fuck. Like, all the time. <laughs> bugs always be fucking. Bugs fuck, like, all the time. I'm not trying to fuck a bug, time. though. Well, let me see what this bug looks like. I, like, how much moth and how much man are we <laughs> Mothman... <laughs> The statue of Mothman is just a buff dude with a moth's head and moth wings. Does he wear pants? No, he's got he's smooth like a Ken doll down there. Ugh. <laughs> um, height four feet four inches. Finally, an OC that I'm taller than. <laughs> uh, wings sixty six. Well, weight sixty six pounds. Wingspan. Eight foot one. Holy Jesus shit. Fuck. So super wide. Keeping the height shorter than average because six foot tall bug is fucking scary. Also, if I keep the proportions down, it's more likely to allow you to suspend your disbelief when a bug is when a bug too big to exist flies away from your conversation and lands in a nearby truck to suck on uh, nearby tree to suck on tree sap or whatever. So this yeah. is like this is a little bit more bug than bug person then. If they're just gonna like fly off to a tree and start sucking. I'm I can kind of envision a game a, like a GameCube graphics version of this character now. <laughs> um Backstory time. Luna Mothman comes from a long and proud family of Mothmans. Luna is now old enough to take on the family business of showing up at the sites of misfortune and scaring people (laughs) on the road at night for seemingly no reason. (laughs) This doesn't earn any rupees. The reason Luna's parents called it the family business is likely because it's an activity that the family partakes in that keeps them busy. It's also just easier to use broadly accepted terms. 
Anyway, Luna was good at their job. They'd make a, they'd make appearance at bridges or farms, and eventually that bridge that that bridge would collapse or that farm would get attacked by moblins. They'd also perch on trees and watch travelers on the road at night, and maybe follow them for a while before going home. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> You're deep in your Mothman lore, dude. Dude, it's get, it's getting good. This Mothman is getting good. <laughs> One day, the traveler that Luna decided to follow and stare at for no good reason was wearing silly green clothes and a floppy green hat. What a weirdo, Luna thought. I'll give this guy a spook because he's weird. <laughs> after an assortment of spooky red eyes in the dark flying overhead so you can hear something but not see it and appearing further down the road and appearing further down the road than you'd expect luna felt like they had done what needed to be done and that weird green person was sufficiently spooked if that happened to me in a zelda game i would i would freak oh yeah i would i would poop my green tights right there and then having it be like a little impish, like moth person, that would be a great capstone. Oh, that would thing. be awesome! Yeah, uh, that was until they heard a show. Break the stillness of the night. The weird green man was doing backflips and side jumps <laughs> in this direction. <laughs> Luna was confused and struck dumb. Unable to move as they watched the strange green man cross the distance between them at a speed that must have that must be somehow faster than simply walking. <laughs> uh, fun fact about Ocarina of Time: it is possible to play it completely blind um, because you can use your sword to judge dif- distances, and you can use it like a cane to tap on stuff. Oh, that's cool. There's there's a really cool blind playthrough online that's very, very interesting. Oh, that's awesome. I have to check that out. Also, Z-targeting takes care of fights for you. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Uh, the green man stopped in a place as if frozen in time. Luna watched in silence as if they were too... As if they too were frozen. Suddenly, the green man had a mason jar in his hand. <laughs> It wasn't there before. And Luna didn't see him take it out of his pocket. Oh, I got good. the player paused. That's yeah, he got in like. his he got in his fucking inventory and got out his mason jar. Before L- Luna, maybe it's Luna. It's I think it's ends. Luna. L- the umlaut makes yeah. it Luna, or maybe Luna. Luna uh, could react. The man was upon them with the jar, and with a strange pulling sensation, Luna found that they were no longer on the roadside. Everything began to shake for Luna as the green man held the jar in the air. A muffled jingle played. <laughs> That's great because you couldn't hear the jingle clearly. From inside <laughs> inside, like as Luna felt themselves spinning, <laughs> then there was nothing. Likes and dislikes. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that is a great transition. Likes, nighttime, tree sap, sleeping during the day, ragtime. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, Hello my mothy. Uh, Hello, my ragtime moth. I, I'm also deep into ragtime YouTube currently. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. Lamps. I like that syncopation. That's fun. Lamps, scaring people at night. Sucrose. Being the ominous pretext for disastrous Dude, events. Favorite activity of mine. I love it. <laughs> you should add that to your Twitter bio. <laughs> Dislikes. Lamps that zap. Lamps that are fire. <laughs> Being trapped in a jar for an indeterminate amount of time. And spiders. Here's 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 a fun fact for you about the Mothman. All that Mothman <laughs> shit. I was going to ask for one. Mothman. Have you ever seen the movie The Mothman Prophecies? Uh, No. 
what I love about that is someone heard the story about the Mothman. That yeah. there was a giant moth that uh, teenagers who had been out fucking and drinking in the woods drove home and a giant moth flew down in front of their car. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, shit. And that happened like five or six nights in a row. And then a couple days later, the silver bridge in Point Pleasant fucking collapsed. And everyone was like, he was trying to tell us. What? <laughs> what? Mothman just wants to help. You know? And like, in the, they took it a step further in the Mothman prophecies where Richard Gere's character gets fucking phone calls from a giant moth monster who tells him about the silver bridge that's going to collapse. Why was that so huge of a disaster that it required its own supernatural being to parse? Like, I guess. Well, the thing is, like, 86 people died or something, which is pretty pretty rough for West Virginia in the 60s. But, like, yeah, I, the, yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, people had been seeing Mothman for weeks before it happened, and then they never saw him again, which, like, they were like, oh, he, he told us what was going to happen, and he left, right? He was done. Uh, if I would have been alive then, I would have been like, maybe he got fucking crushed by the bridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> does that not make more sense? <laughs> I don't think even, X- I don't even think X-Files covered Mothman. Uh, I think they didn't because the Mothman prophecies came out around the time uh, X-Files had gotten its, gotten its step going. He, Mothman gets mentioned quite a lot on X-Files. Mothman, if you're listening, uh, thanks for, thanks for being, Th- Thanks for, give us a call on the helpline. Tell us about any bridge disasters we can look forward to. <laughs> I, I love the Mothman, like, people just have a lot of fun with the Mothman. He's not real scary. He's just a big moth, right? Like, which I guess that sucks if you have, like, moth phobia. Yeah. But, like, um, in, in the Adventure Zone, there's, a the Real Play D&D podcast, there's a, um, in season two, it takes place in West Virginia, and the Mothman. They're also from they're yeah, the, they're yeah. from Huntington, where I'm from. Right, and uh, the Mothman. The Mothman is a character in it who like keeps calling them on the phone to tell them about shit that's going to happen, and they barely pay any attention to him. <laughs> wow, that's a great device, though. That's really smart. I love. Of the, course, it's Adventure Zone. They 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 are genius. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can finish the email now. That's all the Mothman stuff I can say uh, right now. Legal, legally. <laughs> legally. He is standing directly behind me, so. <laughs> he is the secret third host of this podcast, but we just haven't covered any uh, bridge disasters. He's like, um, he's, he keeps tapping me on the shoulder going, Jeff, talk about the bridge. Talk about the bridge. <laughs> and I keep cutting it because I'm like, yeah, Jeff, this podcast already two hours. We can't throw another hour of bridge disaster talk on here. Fuck. There's so many bridges disastering around and we didn't do anything to help. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, Eric writes, I had fun writing this and I've had fun listening to the two of you create and read other people's OCs. I'm sad to see that this podcast is ending, but I know you guys are busy and have other projects to work on. That's the uh, the thing about the internet, though, is that as long as we have it, the podcast will still be here. And you can come back to it at some other time if you really wanted to. In the meantime, I'm going to continue to support the both of you by listening to Pretend Friends, M-Class Podcast, and anything else you boys do or want to do. Aww. Is there a coffee but for alcohol? Because I'd like to buy you boys a drink. Anyway, thanks for reading this, if you did. And I'll see you guys later. Oh, thanks. Uh, there is not a coffee, f- but for alcohol. But uh, sometimes <laughs> I c- I do just use the coffee money for alcohol. 
So uh, don't I mean, tell we coffee. Both have, <laughs> we both have Patreons now. I also have a coffee. What's your Patreon? Tell everybody. Uh, I'm making a, I'm making twelve games this year, one game a month, and it's uh, Patreon.com slash Super Try Studios. And uh, of course, mine is just Patreon.com slash Jeff Pennington, where you can get a ton of behind the scenes looks at projects I'm working on right now. And see my, I'm, I'm really trying to teach myself different art things this year. So you'll be able to see my stumbling and acting a fool. And hopefully you can learn from my mistakes. I love looking at my email, seeing I get a little Jeff, a little Jeff exclusive Patreon a little, post. A little, a little mm, taste a little, of a Jeff little, Pennington. A little taste. I'm, I'm starving in the desert. And Jeff's just like, here, have, have a little biscuit. Have a little Jeff biscuit. Have a little Jeff biscuit. <laughs> Don't ask why it's called that. Um, <laughs> thank you for that email, though. And thank you, we- Eric. Eric, we appreciate you writing in, and goodbye forever. Goodbye forever, Eric. Uh, our next email is from uh, Sotomaru, and uh, they write, uh, OGOC, do not steal. OGOC, boys, long time, first time. Webster's Dictionary defines Zelda as a word which isn't in the dictionary, but suggests clicking on other words such as Gelded, Zerda, Beldam, and Kelds. Now for my OGOC. (laughs) I remind you not to steal this. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. sure. Name, Eriku. Timeline, Breath of the Wild. Age, 17 years old. Well, 16, but he was born late in the year, so technically he'll be 17 this year. That's still 16, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Gender male. Species, Rito, the bird people. Boyd. He's loyal to his best friends. Well, he should be. (laughs) Who is he disloyal to is what I'm wondering. Uh, Hometown, Rito Village. Family, doesn't understand him. Job, student at Hyrule High. Weapon, his wit, and also his talents. Abilities. Being away at math camp while Link came to Rito Village and missing out on the only interesting thing that happened in that shit town like ever. (laughs) Uh, Dropping you from very high onto solid ground. Mm -hmm. Completely ghosting you in school after spring break from freshman year because people in the class told him you weren't cool enough and he is so insecure that he'd rather stop talking to a friend he's had since grade school than disappoint a few dumb people who probably didn't even mean what they said about you. But in the end, even though you were disappointed, he's the one who betrayed your friendship and has to live with that his whole life. Also, decorating his locker with cool <laughs> lyrics from Man of War, like the gods made heavy metal and they saw that it was good. Yeah! <laughs> that got so real for a minute. I love it. I love it when we see these like bleak looks into like long-standing grudges. It's so fucking funny. Uh, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Sad to see the podcast go, but thank you so much for all that original goodness. And remember not to steal. XOXO, so tomorrow. Thank you, so tomorrow. I feel like we learned something about our shared history when we were all teenagers in that post. It, it was beautiful. It was it was simple and clean. And I like that you used the template from ZeldaFandom.com. That's <laughs> perfect. I wish I had found that. Fucking Zelda fanon. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, and goodbye forever, and Sotomaru. It's Jeff. Look, he named his character Eriku. What? Uh, <laughs>
shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, our last email ever, ever, ever is from Spibsy. Thank you, Spibsy. You get the Thanks, honor Spibsy. that people have fought for, clawed for, for one whole year. <laughs> we we had to end this somewhere, and I'm glad we could end it with Spibsy. Spivzy's email is entitled, Here's My OC. His name is Glamondorf. <laughs> <laughs> and the art. The art. The art. Uh, since there's not a whole lot of description in this email, I will say the art is a Ganondorf leaping into the air with long <laughs> 80s tresses and a headband and a leisure suit. <laughs> and a little monogrammed Triforce into the into the leisure suit, as well as I guess like uh, David Bowie style like butt slits in the, <laughs> in, in the thigh. And he's also holding an electric guitar that is shaped like the Master Sword shoved into a Triforce. Yeah, and it's great because it's like, is he being stabbed? Which is what I thought was happening. And then I'm like, no, it's a guitar. Oh, he's, he's also surrounded by beautiful sparkles. Oh, he's he's surrounded by Full Metal Alchemist uh, style purple sparkles. And that's great. <laughs> uh, Spibsy writes, hi, Jeff and Kevin. This is my Zelda OC. His name is Glamondorf. Glamondorf is Ganondorf's cooler brother. <laughs> He's in a rock band called Sexual Dotonko. <laughs> and he once had sex with two ladies at the same time. Whoa! If I could go back and retcon all of our OCs to have that. Just so what that a... ends it. Every time we're talking about a character, the final part is also he had sex with two That's... ladies at the same time. Jeff, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. Same time. <laughs> you know, you can do that without a million dollars, right? <laughs> Not when you look like me, you can't. <laughs> we're just quoting movies now. Yeah. You're out of your element, Donnie. (laughs) We never did our office space OCs. Oh, shit. (laughs) I worked in an office for a while, so that would have been perfect. There's so many people I could have based it on. I think I did, too, at one point. But who can say? It's so long ago now, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Stats. Rock. 10. Style. 10.2. Dick size. 50. Wow! Whoa, that's the most paternity suits for <laughs> bless you boys love from spivzy thank you that's, spivzy that's how i want to end i think that captured the zeitgeist as we always say of ogoc in a way that no one else is going to be able to it's just it's just silly and good Thank you, everyone who wrote in. Uh, thank you, everyone who listened. Um, if, uh, if, if even if we didn't get a chance to read your email on the show, we really appreciate you sending it, and we think you're good and special and valid. Yes, please do not write to us saying that we didn't read your thing on the air. We're sorry. Just please stop. We're sorry. <laughs> um, Jeff. Thank you for doing this podcast with Man, me. Man, you're, wel- you're welcome, I guess. Thank you for doing it with me. I mean, like, we literally just were up one night hanging out with Josh Henderson. Yeah. 
and we were just somebody brought up original characters all three of us were just looking around at all these fucking sonic characters and the idea struck like lightning we have to do this and we did we did it we drew the we drew the other eye on the little dharma and we're throwing him into the fire it's true and it was a year since since the beginning of us doing this podcast, I think. Yeah, it was like exactly a year. <laughs> Shit. So it's all come full circle. Think of this not as a podcast, but as one whole thing from beginning mm. to end. Think of it as an 18-hour audio movie. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and that's not to say that we won't ever do an original characters again. There may be, if we ever get a stray hair and some extra time, who knows? Yeah, we can't predict the future. We don't but... have 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're not doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> that, that, that is the exact reason we're not doing the podcast anymore. Um, I guess I guess we've said it a lot this uh, podcast, but thank you again, everybody. Um, Even if you never wrote in, if you just listened and enjoyed the show... And you were just a fan of what we did. Like, thank you so much for that. It does mean a ton. Because, I mean, Kevin and I are out here on a limb, right? Like, neither of us has a big tether attached to a source of income or an audience or anything like that. We're not famous people, quote unquote. We're just two guys. (laughs) And you still felt that we deserved to own an hour or two of your time nine times that's that puts a lot in perspective doesn't it (laughs) yeah so thanks again jeff uh where can people find you since you won't be here anymore no this will be a vacant lot yeah um you can find me on twitter at underscore jeff pennington and you can find uh my website at jeffpennington.art and i'm always available for projects that you need an artist on uh, for longer term employment stuff. I'm freelance, so I'll do all your commissions. I got a nice commission chart on my Twitter that you can check out. It's on my pinned tweet. Ooh. And I love to do art for everyone. Don't send me requests for gross shit. Um, <laughs> and, and, and again, you can find all that secret gross shit at patreon.com slash Jeff Pennington. Not really. I don't post any ludes or anything maybe i should that's where the money is right what am i doing at least post some feet dude oh no one wants to see that um maybe some people do i don't know point fingers and naming names (laughs) but you can definitely also listen to uh my podcast that i do with josh henderson uh it's all about star trek and if you don't like star trek yet if you're not a big star trek guy it is the perfect doorway into loving star trek it's the perfect first step it's called m class podcast and it's available on soundcloud itunes and spotify and any sort of rss feed program you happen to have also some russian sites i've seen it's on there (laughs) what uh they're they're like podcast mirror sites that take everything that's on uh itunes and mirror it in a on a Russian site, and we're on there for sure. That's uh, weird. <laughs> you can also just go to if you want a direct link to our um, SoundCloud. You can go to mclasspodcast.com. 
And I think um, that's it. I think that's all my shit right now. Yeah. Um, what about you, buddy? My my turn. Yeah, tell us. Um, uh, before before I go, um, I just really want to thank uh, Vitazen, Greg Greg Gervasi. Gerv- oh, yeah. Thank you so uh, much, Vitazen. You're you're too fucking good for this world, dude. You've done music for everything I've been a part of so far. So yeah. Except um, like except my first podcast. I think you've done something for everything else I've even been slightly related to. So thank you. He's just a super like prolific and smart and generous and uh just nice person. Incredibly talented as well. And incredibly talented. Incredibly, incredibly talented. It's skilled even. Um I'm just gonna just I wanna make sure I get his Twitter account right. It so is gonna... at underscore Vetizen underscore. So please Please don't let him be, uh, like, a hidden gem anymore, because he's a jewel. Yes, you should be following him on Twitter. Yeah. At least. And you should, at at next to least, be buying all of his songs, because they're really good. Like, he does the theme song for M-Class as well, and it's a goddamn banger. So, yeah. get over there. Get there. Um... As for me, uh, I'm I have been Kevin Cole. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at real Kevin Cole. Uh, I just started a Patreon um, where you can uh, follow along as I make twelve video games in twelve months. Foolish. <laughs> it is foolish. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it just, it just launched, uh, so there's not too much there, but there's going to be a lot there. Uh, and I'm really excited to like show how I do this stuff. Cause I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people don't know how to make video games and I guess I kind of know how to make you video know, games. You know, you've made a ton of them. I have. It, it's just, it feels weird to say. <laughs> nah, like I'm a bomb diggity fucking artist, man. I've been at this shit for 31, 33? Oh god, I'm old. 33 years. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my new hustle. Uh, if you uh, if, if you like uh, to hear my voice, I am on a podcast called Pretend Friends. Uh, you can find that online. Uh, what? It's on that? iTunes. It is on iTunes. You can just search for it on iTunes. But it's on all the stuff is linked on Twitter at uh, at pretend underscore friends. Uh, we play a system called Space Kings there, which I just kickstarted a book for. Uh, if you want to know when that book will be available, sign up to get an email for it. You can go to spacekings.space and fill out a little thing with your email on it. I'll tell you when you can get that book. He he did uh, not kickstart a book for something he didn't have anything to do with, by the way. He created the Space King system. He yes, skipped over I, that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. That's the thing I did. I, I wrote that book. <laughs> um, I kickstarted the Stephen King book. It's going to be dope. Yeah. <laughs> um then there's oh yeah if um if you want to play a video game uh my roguelike hack is often on sale you can find that on my twitter i usually post when it's on sale or whatever but it's a pretty good game it's a great game i love it um jeff's done a lot of awesome fan art of it because i'm a fan because he's a fan (laughs) i love it um yeah i think that's all the things i do um i guess that's it jeff well i would like to book in this podcast by saying uh a lot of people have approached me asking if it's okay to continue making original characters on their own <laughs> and the answer 
is no <laughs> with an asterisk behind it. In that if you call it literally anything else, you're good. <laughs> like, as long as you don't use my fucking branding, you're fine. Go ahead. <laughs> So wait, people aren't asking if it's okay to continue making characters that are original. They no. are asking if it's okay to continue the podcast. Yes, to make the podcast that we're making. And the answer is no. Don't do that. <laughs> you can make you can make a podcast called like the OC cast if you want. Yeah. Like what the fuck ever. You just can't make original characters. Yeah. Um, original original characters yeah that we said we still might want to do it yeah (laughs) i love that our last message to our fans is don't steal don't steal our podcast (laughs) how fucking (laughs) on brand is that holy shit this has been an adventure and it's been a time it's uh honestly to be a hundred percent honest with you with the audience is uh it was mostly, it was a great time and I loved doing it. And I loved seeing everybody's creativity. That was all icing on the cake. The cake for me was just getting a chance to hang out with Kevin. Aww. And I just want to thank you for doing this podcast with me. Jeff, hanging out with you was both the cake and the ice cream. It was it was very fun. And I, <laughs> I hope we can hang out and not make a thing together and just shoot the shit sometimes. At some point we're gonna have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really know the whole logistics of how people do that, but it'd be nice to try. I'm all like I've been talking about this this year and I guess I could fucking say it on the air as well since this is the last podcast is like Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm trying to be more proactive. Like if I want something to happen I'm trying to go after it. Which is scary, right? And this might be a little lesson for everybody listening as well. Maybe I'll leave a lesson behind for once. Is that if you do not take those steps to do the things you want to do, even if someone might completely reject you, and this goes for a lot of things. This goes for love. This goes for business. This goes for friendship. Everything. If you don't take those steps, uh, it's never going to happen anyway. Oof. Uh, if you yeah. wait for somebody else to take those steps for you, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life for the most part. So Fine, Jeff. I'll make an okay Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe that's the lesson to ever, some people need to take away from this. I'll, that you have to take I'll, those first steps. I'll use all of the things I've learned about putting detailed character information in a bite-sized <laughs> amount of space to make my OkCupid okay page. Maybe that was the training that this podcast was. <laughs> it was to teach all of you how to fill out your online dating profiles. <laughs> Honestly. Or dishonestly, as the case may be. Create an original character that is you to showcase to the world. Don't do that. Don't do that, everybody. But... um yeah, be yourself. Uh, hopefully that'll be the lesson that you can take away from this podcast is uh, actually a great lesson to take away from this podcast is don't let your creativity be limited by what's not like if something's dumb and silly, don't let your creativity be limited by the fear of that. Because yeah. sometimes that's exactly what it needs to be. It's it's showing up. Just show up. If, if you want to make a good thing, just start by making a thing. And maybe finishing it, which is what we're doing here. It's true. Putting an end to something and moving on to the next thing means that the next thing will be better. Yeah. And uh, God, I hope. No, I'm kidding. This podcast (laughs) is great. I had a great time. (laughs) 
And it it was one of those like one in a million like lightning strike gold mine type of ideas. So of course we're ditching it. Yes. And <laughs> until lightning strikes the same place twice. Yes. The uh, this is a brand new year and it means brand new projects for both of us. And I hope that all of you will enjoy those just as much as you enjoyed this. And I wish you good luck on your projects in this new decade. Absolutely. And share your new projects with us, I think. like Just may- not on the Twitter because we won't be yeah, on Yeah, we won't be on that Twitter we anymore. We won't be on uh, the OGSC Twitter. <laughs> you know where to find us if you want to yeah. find us, everybody. And I think now is as good a time as any to end this podcast. And as always, do not steal. Stop stealing. Bye, everybody. Goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. Thank you for listening to Original Characters. Our theme music is Kai by Vidazen. You can find him on Twitter at underscore V-I-D-A Z-E-N underscore. And look him up on YouTube, too, because he's great. The Original Characters Podcast is made by Jeff Pennington, Kevin Cole. Thanks for listening.